Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. But it is just so awesome to have everybody here today, especially if you're here for the first time. It's honestly our honour to have you here. And we exist as a church just to open up our doors to all people, to have anyone who wants to discover the wonder and the goodness of our God come into His presence. So it's honestly our honour to have you here today. But why don't you take your seat? We're going to get into it. And I wonder if you have, thank you team, you're amazing. I wonder if you have set goals for 2023. Has anyone set goals yet for 2023? A few of us, who's already broken those goals? You know, a few weeks into it, yes, a few honest hands. Um, and you know what? There are so many things that we can pursue in 2023. So many things that we can set our heart on. You know, one of my goals this year is to just add a few more recipes to my cooking repertoire. See, I am, I'm one of those cooks, like I have five meals on rotation and that's it. You don't branch out of it. My family don't know any different. It's just five meals. They're wholesome meals. They're great meals. Why change? And every now and then, Craig will make a comment like, you know what? It would be great to just add maybe one more meal on rotation. So is this like the five? Hope all the time is like, is it roast chicken again? But I love, you know, I love repetition. And, uh, but I, I, it is one of my goals to, to add another recipe so you can hold me to that, babe. But you know, there are so many things that we can set our heart to pursue this year. So many things, maybe it's gains at the gym, maybe it's making more money, maybe it's, you know, advancing in our career, maybe it's finding a new relationship. So many things that we can pursue. But I love what the Bible talks about in Hebrews 12, verse 14. And it says this, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. So it's saying here, pursue peace with all people and holiness, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So I reckon as we enter into 2023, one of the greatest things that we can be pursuing is holiness. Is saying, you know what, God, I want to see you. God, I want to pursue you in a greater way. I want to see you outworking in my life in a greater way. And when I was coming to God over this year and saying, God, what is it that you have for me personally? What is it that you have for us as a church? Now I know that this is going to be a big year as we step into Sim Street in maybe, you know, around the middle of the year or maybe a bit after that as we enter into everything God has for us. I know God has so much more for us. I know He has more community impact. You know, every time I'm at Sim Street, which is our new church building, just four minutes down the road, every time I look at that side and I see the three levels, the three stories of 80 studios, I can't wait for us to have a community centre there. We're just seeing people rehabilitated, discovering the wonder of Jesus, that we're seeing our family, our work colleagues, our friends, those that we know in our community coming and discovering the wonder of the God that we love so much. I know God has so much for us. That as I was asking, well, God, what is it that you have? I felt him say to me, I want you to study holiness. I want you to study what it means to be holy. See, the word holiness is often a word that we kind of use in church a bit. We kind of just have maybe just a vague idea of what it's about. 
You know, we sing, God, you are holy. Justin Bieber has a song about it, holy, however it goes. He's got a song about it. Sorry, I can't just bust it out right now, but I don't quite know it. But we sing about holiness, but often don't understand the full significance of what that word actually means. See, the word holy actually means to be set apart. It is used to describe just how awesome our God is. So when we worship, when we say, God, you are holy, we're saying, God, there is no one like you. There is no one that compares to you, no one that measures up to you. 1 Samuel 2 verse 2 says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness? So it's saying majestic and being set apart, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders. There is no God like our God. You know, the the prophets talked about seeing heaven. The prophet Isaiah talked about seeing into heaven and seeing all the angels worshipping and the angel just, just saying over and over again, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. The apostle John saw a glimpse into heaven and he saw the same thing, angels just worshipping over and over and over again, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. And we can hear that and think, well, that's a lot of repetition. But what are they doing? They're just saying over and over again, you are set apart, God. There is no God like who you are. Every character of who He is, nothing else compares to Him. There is no love, God, like your love. Holy are you, Lord. There is no peace like your peace. Holy are you, Lord. There is no one righteous like you are righteous. Holy are you, Lord. There is no one pure like you are pure. Holy are you, Lord. There is no one powerful like our God is powerful. Holy Holy are you, Lord. There is no one victorious like our God is victorious. Holy are you, God. There is no one that gives us hope like He gives us hope. Holy are you, Lord. There is no one that holds time in His hands like He does. Holy are you, Lord. And just over and over, there's a new characteristic about God that they're just going, you are set apart, God. There is no one that is holy like you. How amazing is our God. Holy, He is set apart. You know what the incredible thing is? He doesn't just call himself holy, but he calls us holy. He says that we are holy. 1 Peter, which is going to be our foundation verse for the message today, 1 Peter 2 verse 9, says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light. You are holy. You are called to be holy, called to be set apart for God's purpose, called to be set apart for His ways, knowing His character, replicating who He is. See, I think often when we think of holiness, so often we think of perfection, We think of something that is unattainable, something that is untouchable. But see, holy, it means to be set apart, which means that we're set apart for God, that we are set apart for Him. And holiness isn't about us attaining perfection through our good works. We are made holy because we follow Jesus. We are made holy, we don't earn holiness. It comes as a result of following Him. 
See, I love what 1 Peter 1 verse 14 to 16, I'm just gonna break down this term holiness because there's so many misconceptions that we can have about it. But 1 Peter 1 verse 14 to 16 says, Obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when we lived in ignorance. But just as He called you as holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. See, God is saying here, holiness comes because we are His. Holiness comes because we are His children. Holiness comes not because we reach a mark, but because His mark is on us. That we are His, we are His special possession. See, becoming holy is about having a share in His holiness. It's not a functional outcome based on us trying to be good, but a relational outcome based on how good He is. How amazing is our God? Holy are you, Lord. And because you are so holy and because I follow you, Jesus, I get to be holy. I get to walk in your ways. I get to replicate your character. See, whether we like it or not, our parents can influence who we are. A funny example happened when we were on holiday. We are in New Zealand in Tauranga, at the Mount, and we had some awesome uh, few days with some of our closest friends, Simon and Erin Manners. And so we went together to the beach as families, and they have three kids, we have three kids, and they had to go pick up something. So we took their kids to the beach to find a spot first. And as we arrived at the beach at Mount Wanganui, it's a surf break, um, Zion straight away just went to set up, our son Zion went to set up where the waves were breaking the biggest. And he is his father's son. Craig loves big surf, loves adventure, grew up doing whitewater rafting, you know, the full thing, just loves experiencing the ocean. And so Zion's like, we're gonna park up here. It's awesome here. But Dom, Simon's son, see Simon is a surgeon, so he's very calculated in his decisions. And so we rock up and Dom's like, look, shouldn't, you know, shouldn't we go down the beach just a little bit further where the lifesavers are? <laughs> like where the flags are. And Zion just looks at him like, you know, what, what's going on in your mind? Like, what's it all about? And Zion's like, yeah, but the waves are better here. And, and Craig kind of pipes and he's like, we'll be right, mate. It's not that big. It's all good. So we set up having fun, and then Uncle Si turns up. The first thing that comes out of Uncle Si's mouth is, hey, shouldn't we sit up over there where the flags are, where the lifeguards are? See, both sons echoed their father. Holiness is about us echoing our father. And how do we echo our father? We echo him because his DNA is in us, the time we spend with him, but it's also a decision of the will. So that's why many of us can breathe a sigh of relief going, I don't have to be like my parents because ultimately I get to decide who I wanna be. And it's the same with our relationship with God. It's a decision of the will. See, we are so blessed to have God's DNA on the inside of us. When we make a decision to follow Jesus, literally His Spirit comes on the inside of us. His Holy Spirit, amazing. Isn't it amazing? His Spirit is holy. It comes on the inside of us and it sets us apart as His children. When we make a decision to trust Jesus, it, it 
pretty much means we get new spiritual DNA. We become like Him, like Jesus. His righteousness lives on the inside of us. To kind of break it down a little bit in Galatians 2 verse 20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So we have the DNA of Jesus on the inside of us when we decide to follow Him. I love what Joyce Meyer says, when Jesus comes into our hearts, the seed of holiness is planted. So we have His Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We are set up for a win because we have His DNA on the inside of us. But who knows that's not enough? Who knows that it's not just enough to have Him living on the inside of us? We still need to choose to water that seed of holiness. How do we water that seed of holiness? We do it through spending time in His presence, spending time in His Word, praying, God, help me be like you. God, change me, change me from the inside out. Doing things like speaking in tongues when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit and we're spending time in His presence and worship. See who you spend time with, you become like. Pastor Craig last week spoke about going to the car racing. You know, and all the dust that settled on us. I don't even, what was it called again? It's the Speedway. And I sat there going, you know, never in a million years, would I have pictured myself at a speedway track with my son, my bogan son, just had his mullet cut off. Like he's throffing to the days. Craig's throffing with him. I'm like, but the funny thing was, as I was watching the car racing, I'm like, I reckon I could do this pretty well. And like the inner bogan starts to come out. I'm like, where did that come from? But it's who you spend time with. They just end up rubbing off on you. (laughs) And it's the same with our relationship with Jesus. The more time we spend in his presence, it rubs off on us. We end up becoming like him. And the last and crucial piece is the decision of the will. Now we can decide whether we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. It's the decision of the will to follow him. And what does following Jesus actually mean? It means giving Him every area of our lives, giving Him our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our ways, saying, Jesus, you have everything. See, I love when Jesus came to the earth and He walked on this earth. He came to completely flip the script. Now, previously, Religion was about doing things in the outward to get right with God, rituals, and the temple was just isolated to one piece. That's where you went to meet with God. But then Jesus came and He's like, guys, I'm everything. I don't want you just to compartmentalise God in your world to one particular space, to coming to church on Sunday, maybe to a few decisions that we make in the week. No, I want you to follow me with your entire lives for me to have every single part of you. And so Jesus, everywhere he went, he called people to follow him, to follow in his ways. And he he does the same to us today. But I love that when Jesus came, it was about inward transformation, not just external obligation. That's why Jesus constantly challenged the religious leaders of the day, because he's like, guys, you got it looking all good on the outside, but I want your heart. Because what you got happening internally isn't measuring up to the outside. So he challenges them in Matthew 
23, verse 25 to 28, he says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are clean on the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Jerusalem goes on to verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus is saying, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you. How often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, Jesus has come to give us internal transformation which reflects itself on our outside world. He wants to renew us from the inside out. How amazing is our God? Every other religion in the world is all about the works that you need to do on the outside, but our God, our Jesus, He's like, no, I wanna transform you from the inside out. How amazing is our God? And so He calls us to follow Him. He's like, I'll change you. I wanna make you new. But the root of all holiness is ultimately willingness to draw close to God and allow Him to change us, to change how we think, how we walk, how we talk, to say to Him every single day, God, I give you these hands. I give you these feet. I give you my ways. I give you my thinking. I give you how I treat people. I give you what I think about God in every single area, Jesus. I want to reflect you. I wanna be changed from the inside out. See, holiness is not about us getting everything perfect because otherwise, we, you know what? It leads to hypocrisy. It leads to us just looking good rather than being good from the inside out. But it's a continual with Jesus, a continual cleansing of the heart. God, Change me like Jesus, the prayer that Jesus said that we need to pray every day. It also has in it, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from the inside out. Every day I pray that prayer. God, cleanse my heart today. Change me, make me new. It's daily renewal that Jesus wants to take us on. Daily changing us, not letting pride harden our hearts, but allowing Him to continue to change us. See, when it came to lockdowns, I had the joy of teaching, having three children at home. Honestly, looking back at those times, I'm like, kind of gives me tremors and shivers. It's like, never again, God, never send me back there. You know, one of our children in particular wanted help all the time. And it drove me crazy in the time because like all the time, mum, can you help? The other child was just, they were good to their own devices, just went for it. But the kid that wanted help all the time, you know what? They advanced 18 months in a year. Because all the time, help me. All the time, would you show me? God's called us to be those kind of kids. All the time, God, change me. Renew me. Grow me in your ways. Teach me what you want to teach me. Change my heart, peel the layers of my heart back so that I'm made like you from the inside out. Craig gets at me because I have like 10 pillows on our bed and to get inside our bed, you have to peel back the layers. Maybe for some of us this year, God just wants to peel back the layers. Let me get into your heart space. It may feel painful. It may feel like I'm putting my finger on something that feels tender, but He's a good God and He can be trusted because He wants to renew us from the inside out. So I love what C.S. Lewis says, how little people know who think that holiness is dull. When one meets the real thing, it is irresistible. 
Why is that? Because it's meeting Jesus. It's allowing Jesus to transform us. It's following Him, following His ways and allowing Him to change us. So going back to our foundational verse, this verse in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, where it says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. See, when we follow Jesus, He doesn't just have an ordinary life for us to live. He has a life where He actually calls us priests. And you may hear that word and you may think, whoa, 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 that's not me. I'm not a man of the cloth by any means. I'm not like one of those dudes that wears white up the front and chains across around their neck, doing all the rituals, you know, like all the things that is not me. But God calls us priests because He's called us to be set apart. What He's saying is that you are priests who are called to be set apart from the ways of this world, called to be set apart in how we live our lives and how we follow Jesus. You are called to be set apart. So what I want to do is actually break down what it means to be priests and look at what it means to become holy. Are you ready? So becoming holy, the first thing, it means that we're set apart in our conduct. You know, priests who are God's chosen people, we're God's chosen people. We're called to be set apart in our conduct and how we live our lives and how we walk how we talk, what we do with our time, who we are, what people see of us. We're called to be set apart in our conduct. We're called to be set apart, like I said, from the world around us. It's in what we consume. Set apart in what we consume. Are we on our phones just all the time? Our phones are what we consume, like everybody else around us. And we can excuse us because you know what? Everyone else around us is doing it. But we're called to be set apart. We're called to consume the Word of God, to consume His ways. You know, binge watching different shows on TV, does that help us be set apart? Because we're called to be set apart in what we do with our time, set apart in how we speak, that our speech should be different from others around us, that there should be something that people look at us and like, there's something different about you because you talk different. You don't gossip about everyone, everyone like everyone else does. No, there's whole, you're, you're about building people up. There's wholesome words that come out of your mouth. There's, there's this sense of our speech is different. And how we think we're called to be different. What the Scriptures say, do not be conformed to the ways of this Word, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's continual. It's day by day. You never arrive in this. It's continual. Going down to Port Melbourne yesterday, there was this massive bus right next to us that was promoting a new show coming out called Love Triangle, where three people were about to kiss each other. And what do you straight away? No, I can't dwell on that. I can't look at that. I've got to bounce my eyes because God's called me to another way. That's not going to dwell on my thinking because I've called to think higher. I'm called to be set in His ways in my thinking. It's what we do with our bodies. Now, everywhere around us today, the world says that sex is about pleasure, that what we do with our bodies is about gratifying our needs and our wants. But God has actually called us to be set apart with sex, our sexual desires and the way, I suppose, we see sex. Sex is holy to God. He created it. It's set apart for him between a husband and a wife in marriage. And I know I'm going there this morning, but we kind of need to go there because everywhere else around us is telling us that it's okay just to indulge in whatever you want because that's what sex is. But it's not how God created it to be. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 4 
says, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. There should not be any obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And I know it sets the bar high by today's standard. I've met with people and talked this stuff through and they're like, it's kind of crazy when you look at what everyone else around us is doing. But God calls us to a higher way because he loves us. He wants the best for us. And he didn't come to condemn us. If you're sitting here today and you've heard that scripture and you start to feel condemnation, Jesus has not come to condemn you but he has come to change us. He has come to lead us in a new way, in a new way of living, to set the bar higher, not because he wants to judge us, because he wants to help us get there, that he wants to empower us. See, I love this passage in Zechariah 3, verse 1 to 4. It's this powerful scripture. And um, the prophet's talking about how he showed me Josiah, the high priest. So he's the holy of holies. He's the top dog, the top guy standing before the angel of the God and Satan standing in his right, ready to accuse him. So no matter how good we think we are, there's always stuff the enemy can accuse us of. There's always the enemy's voice like accusing us, trying to condemn us, trying to pull us down. But the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I love how he rebukes him by his own name. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this man not a, a burning stick snatched from the fire? We're all like that. He has snatched us from the fire. He has snatched us from our wrongs, from eternity and hell. I mean, how amazing is our God? He has snatched us from the fire. And now Josiah, who was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel, the angel said to those who were standing around him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. That's our God. He wants to dress us in what is beautiful. He wants to dress us in what is clean. You don't have to take the dirty rags that the enemy wants to give you because you know what? Everyone else around me is wearing that stuff, so I might as well. No, Jesus has fine garments for us to wear. Craig last week listed off like cotton on and rivers. They are not brands that should be even like connected to our God. He's like got Gucci, he's got Parada. He's got like all the high-end stuff for us to wear. He's got his righteousness for us, that breastplate of righteousness where I know every day I have to put on his righteousness that I am set aside, I'm set apart for my God's standards. Not what the world would tell me, not how the enemy would accuse me. Man, I know what it's like to have the enemy just get up inside you and be like, you know what? you're this. Now nah, you can never do that. You can never get over that lust addiction. You can never get over that drinking addiction. You can never get over that way of talking. And the enemy wants to accuse us, but Jesus, He is the great high priest. And He comes next to us and He's like, I'm not gonna accuse you, but I'm gonna save you. I'm here to give you the fine garments to redeem you. I'm here to give you the fine garments that you can walk in, knowing how loved you are. So you don't have to settle for the world's love. So you don't have to settle for the cheap love that other people want to give you because my love is holy. My love is perfect. My love fuels our soul, fuels us from the inside out. We don't need to settle for the cheap imitations. Going round and round in circles, just thinking one day I'll get the breakthrough. One day someone will love you. You have a, a God who so loves you, 
who sent, who died, gave his life that we would know not just eternity with him, but freedom in our every day. That we would be empowered to live as he's called us to live. Not listening to the flippant accuser that would tell you, no, you're nothing. You're never gonna get over this. No, you are, you are holy. You are a priest of the Most High God. You are set apart for his ways. Is this making sense today? The question I wanna ask you is, where is God asking you to be set apart in your conduct this year? Where is he just putting his finger on and saying, hey, let's do this together. Let's lift the bar there together. I've got you. Come on, I've got those fine garments for you to put on. I've got a new way of dressing you, a new outfit for you to step into. Would you just trust me? The second thing a priest is that they're set apart as a distinct community. Priests were set apart as a distinct community in Israel with the people, but also their own people. And it's the same in how God has called us to live our lives here. With the world, but not of the world. That we are our distinct community. That we have our God people, our God family. Because we can't live wholly set apart without each other. We need each other to hold each other accountable, to encourage each other, to love each other to bear with each other's burdens, like Pastor Craig talked about last week, being strong and courageous with each other, to go there with the hard questions, because we need our God people. Love Jesus is so challenging. In Mark 3, all his brothers and sisters arrive when he's preaching in a home, and they're standing outside, and someone sends a message, your brothers and sisters are here. And Jesus says, who is my mother and brother? And then he looked at those seated in the circle around him. He says, here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother, my brother, my sister. And it's challenging because also elsewhere in Scripture, Jesus talks about honouring your mother and your father, honouring your family. So it's not casting aside your own family. But there's also the challenge of you have a family in God. You have a family in church. And how much are we devoting our lives to do life with our church family, to do life with each other? because we can't do it without each other. That's why groups are so important. Groups are our God family. If you haven't found your God family, your God fit yet, I wanna encourage you, this isn't just, we don't just do groups for the sake of it. To be honest, it would be easier just to do a church service every Sunday and keep inviting everyone to rock out. But groups are where we do family together. It's where we encourage each other, lift each other up to be set apart. We've gotta have our God family. And third thing, so they were set apart to serve God's house. Priests were set apart to serve the temple, to serve the house of God. You know, that you are set apart to serve God's house, to serve his church. I'm so incredibly grateful every Sunday morning rocking up and there's our kids team looking after our kids. It's our cafe team, our welcomers, our car park team, our worship team, our technical team our online team, all our incredible group leaders. What are they saying? I'm committing to serve God's house. I'm committing to be a priest in God's house, a builder of God's house. I'm not just gonna consume, but I'm here to build God's house, to build what is holy to Him. Love, on Thursday, Australia Day, we rocked up to Sim Street 
And there's Simi and Jack and our team on site with their cranes and they're working on Australia Day. And I, had, I, wanted, I needed to see something, so I went for a quick walk with Simi, who's just such an awesome guy. And a massive <laughs> bruise on his arm because one of the a timber beam just whacked into him. But he's just so pumped to be part of it. He said to me, man, there's nowhere else I'd rather be on Australia Day, public holiday. I get to build God's house. I get to serve His house. I get to be part of this miracle. Mate, there's nowhere else I'd want to be. So stoked, so grateful. What a privilege that we get to be entrusted with being priests in His house, being people that are set aside, set apart to build His kingdom. And the last one, if the team can join me, please, is we're set apart to reconcile people to Jesus. One of the main roles of a priest would be to act as a bridge between God and people. Priests were known as being carriers of God's presence. The Hebrew word for priest actually comes from the word that means to draw near. So they were seen as being near God and drawing people, reconciling people into relationship rightness with God. And we in the same way, we are priests who are called to reconcile others to Jesus. We have a a ministry of reconciliation, the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled him to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You have a ministry as a priest to God to reconcile others to God. Again, what an honour. What a privilege. You know what? It doesn't need to be this hard, heavy thing where we feel like you need to know all the ins and outs of Christianity, the theology of Christianity. All you need to do is tell people about how good God has been to you. Tell them about how the love of Jesus has met you, changed you, transformed you. End of last year, we had a movie night at school and I ended up banging into a friend that I hadn't seen for a while and she's gone through a pretty hard time, a separation with her husband. And we just ended up chatting away and just in the middle of the conversation, I just said, man, single mums, they're my heroes. And my grandma, she was a single mum. And I just told her the story, our story of how grandma in that journey discovered the wonder of Jesus. How much Jesus transformed, has transformed our family completely. And she's in the schoolyard, just tears rolling down her cheeks. She's like getting goosebumps. What, what's that about? Said, you know what? There's a God that wants to do this with you. You're not on your own. And I know there are some of us who are here today. And if you are to be honest, you feel like you're on your own. You feel like you're battling life on your own. I'm here to tell you the good news today. You have a God that so loves you, that calls you to be set apart for Him, set apart for His ways, set apart for life that He's got for you. 
set apart for eternity with Him. And what it takes is us saying, you know what, God, I can't do this on my own. I want a new start in You. I want to do a journey of following You, Jesus, of knowing Your goodness, knowing Your love, knowing Your power. Doing life with You, God, not life on my own. Sorry for how I've tried to live my life on my own and I want to turn 180 degrees and turn to You, God, and follow You. And I'm just gonna right now just give people a private moment to pray because this is the most important part of our services. If you'd close your eyes and bow your head. But if you know that you're here today and you're not right with God, you know the scripture that I just read out about having the ministry of reconciliation, it goes on and says, we implore you, be reconciled to God. And I'm here to plead with you today to be reconciled to God. You do not need to do this on your own. He's the God that's got you. And I also know there's people here and once you have done life with God, but if you're to be honest, you haven't got that personal relationship with Him where you're walking in His ways, following Jesus personally. And you know today as well that it needs to be a rededication, a recommitment to Him saying, you know what, God, you have my heart again. Jesus, I wanna be set apart for you. So if you're here today and you wanna pray a prayer, all it takes is a prayer. How amazing is our God? All it takes is a prayer to get our life right with Him. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, I wanna pray that prayer without anybody else looking around to give you a private moment with God. Why don't you just raise your hand right where you're seated and say, hey, that's me. For all those that are online, you can do it in your bedroom right now. Just raise your heaven saying, your hand to heaven saying, hey, that's me today. I know I need God. I know I need Jesus. Come on, keep those hands going up. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because this is just people's private moment right now with Jesus, with God. Saying, God, would you do this with me? Do life with me. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I thank you for all those that are making this decision right now. If you've made that decision, why don't you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I ask you to be my God, to be my Lord. I'm sorry for my wrongs. I want a new start in you. Jesus, I wanna be set apart for you. I wanna know your love, your freedom, and your joy. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.